Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy hump day. It looks like a hump day. It feels. seems like a hump day, but it doesn't feel like a hump day because Theo is not here today, and that is on me. I apologize. I have things to do after the show and was unfortunately not able to bring my son to work today, but that is, you know, the life of a mom. Like, things are up and down all the time. Totally, totally. Maybe you guys can celebrate hump day later. Yeah. You know what's funny is I can always tell when we get like a resurgence of or just like a wave of new toasters because I get so many comments like literally for the past two weeks thought Theo was your son. Right. Like, of your, course. Your human son. Right. Like, Which is why it's important to have him here to show everyone. But this is Theo. He's not a human, but he's also not a dog. Part, part of my rationale behind not bringing Theo today was really inspired by a conversation we had on yesterday's due to episode. Due the controversy from no, yesterday. Due to the hypocrisy that I was exuding, un, un, unbeknownst to me, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, I was talking about how I really don't like watching shows that use real animals because it's like, what is an animal doing on a set? And as those words came out of my mouth, my animal was, in fact, on a set. Now, yes. You're what? Technical, technical animal. So... I don't know. Maybe there's going to be some changes. No. No, I'm totally ne- kidding. I would have never said that if I knew no, that I realized, that's where this was headed. I realized the hypocrisy in my statements yesterday, but Theo, this is not a set. Like, Yeah. And you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you your um, rebuttal, okay. if you will. Do you have a problem with animals on reality TV shows? Exactly. Or no, no. Like if let's say, you know, um, Jessica Alba is starring in a movie and she brings her dog to set like and hangs out in the trailer, I think that's okay. Yeah. No, but the, the, I understand what you're saying. So if anyone like tries to come for you, just say, I don't have a problem with animals on reality TV shows. They're in their element and we're just watching them in their element. But I'll have to figure out, you know, what to do for hump day when Theo's not here. So I just think you should watch your back after the show. (laughs) (laughs) Very fair. Thanks for the warning. You got it. So it's Wednesday. It's hump day. That means we have a fabulous show as always, but we also have our favorite segment dear toasters which is our advice segment again if you ever want to write in we always keep things anonymous and the email is dear toasters at gmail.com we've got three for you today and I know I say this virtually every Wednesday but I love Wednesdays like dear toasters has become like I used to just like do it because it was Wednesday but now like I genu- like I see the cards when I walk in and they're right here and I'm so excited you live six days for one that's what I'm well I live five days for four no you, for one you do four shows for one I do five shows for one. Yeah. No, but it's like I live 10 months for two. You don't include the two months. Oh, yeah. 
So you do four shows for one. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, always taking it back to 10 months for two. Always. That is like the cornerstone of like and the mantra in which our found like our whole life was yes. built on. There's two types of people in this world. People who live 10 months for two and people I don't want to know. Ooh. No, no, there's two types of people in this world. People who live 10 months for two and liars. No, but like some people never went to camp. They might not even know what we're talking about. Do you want to hear the funniest thing? Over the weekend, I was with like four people. Um, Margot. The Snatchler. So Margo and her roommate, Nicole, who hosts the Snatchler podcast, Ben, and Ben's friend, Elliot. And we were, like, talking about camp. And I was like, Elliot, like, did you ever go to camp? And he was like, yeah, of course. I loved camp. And I was, like, going on and on about how, like, people who just didn't go to camp are, like, so weird. And unbeknownst to me, Nicole (laughs) didn't go to camp. And literally, she made the weirdest face. I'm like, what? She's like, I didn't go to camp. I'm like, what? And then I found out she did go to soccer camp. So that totally counts. But that it was like a, it was like a three week thing. But it counts. Yeah. That's like a while ago. I was hanging out with Dana and we were trying to teach her a TikTok dance. And the first step is kickball change. So I was like, kickball change. And she was like, what? And I was like, I don't associate with people who don't know how to kickball change. She also went to camp and right. she should know what a kickball change Every is. Every camper who took rudimentary dance class mm-hmm. knows what a kickball chain is. And if you were really into the dance scene in camp, you would also know what a pas de bourre is, but that is not basic standard. A kickball chain is so it's ingrained. Yeah. A chasse too, like across the floor with your arms out. Um, and you know, you would have to like line up in the corner and then like go diagonal chasse in twos across the dance yeah, floor. Fabulous. Fabulous. I mean, I used to like dread like after school activities that we did like piano lessons or dance lessons, tennis lessons, like, I literally, they were the bane of my existence. I hated them so much. And I would just love now to like have a tennis lesson once a week, a piano lesson once a week, chasse across a dance floor once a week. Yeah. Like we didn't even know how good it was. We didn't know what to appreciate it. Kid life, childhood is really made like would be better suited for adults. Yeah, I can can say that about a lot of things similar to camp, which is why we started Camp Toast. Yeah, which we're not having this year, which is... Which is a loss. It's a loss. I've actually dreamed about it a few times. Good dreams, man. Good dreams. Good dreams. Um, Speaking of other good dreams, not really at all. Yesterday we filmed, I think... The funniest Patreon episode we've ever done. And I know that like a lot of a lot of episodes have gotten that title. I'll tell you some of the top ones that are competing for the title. Drunk Get Ready With Drunk Me. Drunk Get Ready With Me. The spending a thousand dollar gift card at Barney's okay. became like a crowd favorite. Um, people of the Zoom happy hour, all steens on that deck. That was a good one. But I just want to say, I when editing this video yesterday, <laughs> I have never laughed so hard in the editing process. I probably watched the video four times backwards and forwards. And I was on the floor. You you were so funny. You know, I'm glad you had a good time recording it because it was really like an emotional journey for me. It was somewhat traumatizing. I haven't actually seen, I think, my entire Say Yes to the Dress episode in, in full. And if I have, it hasn't been for four years. So we sat down and we watched it and we did like reactions to it. And we told like, you know, more behind the scenes stuff, things they cut out, things you didn't see. And it was, I, I knew it was bad. Like, you know, I remember being like not loving the episode, but I don't think I really remembered how like awful I came off. And now all the tweets, like, I mean, they literally re-air my episode multiple times a month. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. And I don't know if they just do it because my episode is particularly terrible or they just like re-air everyone's. Every, yeah. Um, but there are 15 seasons. Like, and I feel like mine definitely gets played more. And I understand people who, like, don't know me and who tweet, like, man, they just tweet at me, like, this girl with no job chick is annoying. Like, say like one more time. They're totally right. Okay. Well, I've been reading the comments on the episode, and one, people absolutely love it, rolling just like us, their favorite episode. And two, so many people commented that they actually discovered you and this show from Say Yes to the Dress. Yes. And they're so grateful that 
say yes to the dress brought you into their lives and so it's all good you know I have no regrets about like signing on to do the show no part of me wishes that I didn't do it but there are definitely things I regret saying yeah and you can find out which things she regrets saying at patreon.com slash the morning toast um it's it's fabulous. Yeah, we literally sat in front of my giant TV and just cringed for 40 minutes straight. It is a hilarious vlog. And also, if you join Patreon now to become um, a member because you want to watch this video, you also get access to all the old episodes. So some of the videos we mentioned, like um, Drunk Get Ready With Me and whatever else, you are now able to access those. We have like over 200 episodes, podcast videos, vlogs, all the stuff. So All the stuff. So head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast. That was fun. And literally, I was sweating like an animal because when we vlog and when we podcast, we turn the air conditioning off. I also happen to have commercial air conditioning units in my apartment. Don't ask. And they're so loud. So we had to turn it off. And I was just like anxious watching it. And it was fucking hot. Yeah, we were both wearing like sweaters. And I was like broken, dead. Like I had to fully take a nap afterwards because it was it was emotionally draining. It was. It was. But she laid it all out for you guys. So Definitely consume. Definitely consume. Um, also, maybe some of you are noticing, um, I'm just like looking amazing. It's because I got a spray tan for the first time since February. And man, did it feel good. Like, you know, usually you get naked in front of Anna who does our spray tans. It's like a little, you know, like I'm naked. You know, I was like, I couldn't get my robe off fast enough. I'm like, spray me. And it just felt amazing. And I missed, you know, all the things I used to not like about spray tans. Like, oh, I can't, you know, my, my sheets are stained. Like, I don't even care. I'm like living for the normalcy of it all. Mm-hmm. And the smell. I, I actually am never bothered by the smell. Ben can't stand it. I know. Even when I use just um, self-tanner on my legs, like, Zach can't stand it. It has like the same key ingredient, all spray tanners or self tanners. I don't know what it is. Ben says it smells like wet dog and he like refuses to talk talk to me or touch me. Yeah, it's not the best smell in the world, but it's certainly not the worst. But you know what? It smells like beauty and that's truly like all I care about. I agree. Um, So we got some stories. We got some things going on. I did watch the second half of the Shots of Sunset reunion and I have some thoughts. Um, I feel like... I'll get into it. Okay. And I started season three of Yellowstone because it's like on air now. Oh, fabulous. So um, I'm up to season three, episode three, which has just been such a treat. And then once I'm all caught up, we could discuss. What channels does it air on? I It's on Paramount. I didn't oh. know that channel was still in existence. Me neither. When, and I watch it now on the Paramount app. When you hear but Paramount. you can watch seasons one and two on Peacock. When you hear Paramount Network, on the count of three, say what it makes you think of. One, two, three. Kyle, Kyle Richards. Richards. Yes. I didn't know if you were going to say American Woman or Kyle Richards, and I was Same trying to thing. think of the name of the show. But I, Do you think I remember the name of the show? <laughs> like, come on, seriously? No. Okay, well, I think without further ado, let's just get right into the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. <laughs> Sure, and as mentioned, today's episode is brought to you by our Patreon channel. That's patreon.com slash morningtoast, a fabulous way for you to spend $8 a month, get tons of content, be a part of a community, you get to be a part of our Facebook group, and then you also get to support the show, which we love and we do every day for free. So figure it out. Head over to patreon.com slash morningtoast. Love it. Sign on, get premium content to fill your days with joy and steaminess. Endless steaminess. The steaminess is endless, and it is contagious watch out it's that you know that movie contagion was about the steeniness (laughs) (laughs) okay first story nominations for the 72nd primetime emmy awards were announced on tuesday and it was a diverse mix with old favorites like game of thrones and veep out of contention shows like the mandalorian insecure and schitt's creek received multiple multiple nods 
Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, um, we'll get to this in a little bit, but Moira Rose deserves an Emmy for once and for fucking all. Was she nominated? I believe she was nominated. Oh my God, and yeah. And she deserves to win the category. It's and the last season of yeah. Shit's Creek, and she is so worthy. Of course, but to be honest, I, I don't feel like Game of Thrones and Veep should have had to end for her to at least get nominated. No, she had been nominated okay. before, but she didn't win. Netflix dominated with 160 nominations, which is a new record, wow. as new services like Disney+, Plus, Apple TV also made their mark. So here are the nominees, and Claudia and I are going to cast our votes. Okay. Outstanding lead actor in a limited series or TV movie. Some of these categories are, are so, so specific. Obscure. Oh my God. What's a limited series? Is limited that just like- series would be what Big Little Lies was before they chose to do another season. So a one season moment? Yeah. Okay. Chernobyl, which you should watch. Okay. Jeremy Irons, Watchmen. Hugh Jackman, Bad Education. That was a TV movie. I've heard that's actually really good. Okay. But I haven't seen it. Paul Mescal, Normal People. Oh, winner! Winner, hottie Paul Mescal. Like, still dreaming about him. He's got my vote. I don't care who else. Jeremy Pope, Hollywood, but... Who plays... Who's Jeremy Pope? I'm Googling it now. Who he plays. Hollywood was actually very good, and a lot of the actors were pretty fabulous, so... Oh, he plays the writer um, of the movie. Let me see. Oh, he was great. He He was was great. great. I wonder if Hollywood got a lot of nominations Mm -hmm. because the acting was very good. Okay. And Mark Ruffalo, I know this much is true. Never heard of it. So The Politician is not a limited series. No, because there were two seasons. So that'll be a different category. Perhaps. Okay, so for this, I'm totally casting my vote for normal people. Paul Mezcal was so good and I loved him so much. Like he made me want to just go to Dublin and fall in love with an Irishman. He was very good. I would give him my vote too. I just, I couldn't finish normal people. It, It literally took me to such a dark and depressed place. Why? And it was actually unhealthy but the sex it was it was too good to pass no it was it was too dark and I had read the book so I didn't need like I knew what happens and they stuck they stuck to the script really closely so I just couldn't finish it I I it was too heavy that's crazy because like I finished it in like less than a day and when it was over I was like devastated wow that's crazy that you liked it I know I, I had my problems with the ending of course but Whatever. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or TV movie. Kate Blanchett, Miss America. Shira Haas, Unorthodox. She was great. Oh, she was fabulous. Regina King, Watchmen. Love Octavia her. Spencer, Self Made. Also fabulous. Oh. Carrie Washington, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, I think I'm going to go with Octavia Spencer. Great story. Loved everything about it. And Octavia really brought life to the role. I, I completely agree. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Ted Danson, The Good Place, Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek, Rami Youssef, Rami. I gotta go with you, Mr. Eugene Levy, and Schitt's Creek. It's the show as a whole, even though Johnny Rose. I don't have a horse in this race. Yeah. Of those shows, I think that maybe Schitt's Creek is the only one that I watch. (laughs) But I don't think that makes Eugene Levy the winner here. I, I haven't seen the other shows, but I'm sure they're better. He's not. To me, he's not the best part or even like the top five best things about yeah. Shit's Creek. He's honestly really fucking annoying. So I, I don't have a vote here. Yeah, me neither. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Christina Applegate, Dead to Me. Oh, she was very good. Rachel Brosnahan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Also excellent. Linda Cardellini, Dead to Me. Very good. Catherine O'Hara, Shit's Creek. Oh, this is a tough category. Issa Rae, Insecure. Ooh. And Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish. Oh my God. Honestly. Any one of these women could win. Agreed. This, by the way, that's that's really tough. Yeah. But for me, I think Moira Rose, considering it's the last season, but that's not a reason to win, but she's 
been worthy every season. I, of course, I agree, but it's a like, it's not an easy win. Like this is no. not by any means going to be a landslide. Like that's really every single person in that category like dominates their show. That's really hard. Yeah. Okay. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series: Jason Bateman, Ozark; Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. Steve Carell, The Morning Show, Brian Cox, Succession, Billy Porter, Pose, Jeremy Strong, Succession. I don't watch any of those shows, so I'm just going to go with Billy Porter because I would like to see him giving a speech as opposed to any of those other people. That's a great reason, too. I think so, too. And, like, the look he'll provide for us. It's just, it's multidimensional, the reasons why I think he should win. Yeah. Beyond his performance, which I'm sure was great. I never saw it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show. Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Jude, uh, Jody Comer, Killing Eve. Laura Linney, Ozark. Sandra O, oh, Killing Eve. Zendaya, Euphoria. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, I of those shows, I only watched The Crown. And I actually think Olivia Coleman did an amazing job as queen. Um, after Claire Foy, which I feel like is a, not an easy, like people yeah. aren't going to like you. They're, they've gotten used to Claire Foy. Like it was a disruption amongst, and honestly, I remember being like, who the hell is this? But I think she was fabulous and I really, really like her, but I think Zendaya could get it. My vote is for Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched, um, I haven't watched enough of the shows to say that I think Olivia Coleman was really good and I agree with what you're saying, but I might feel that way about Killing Eve too right. if, if I took the time to watch it. Yeah. Which I've heard it's really good. Yes. Outstanding reality competition series. Oh my God. Reality shows can win Emmys? Competition, yes. The Masked Singer. <laughs> Nailed it. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh. Top Chef and The Voice. <sighs> RuPaul's Drag Race. May the best woman, best woman win. I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race literally created... I can't even go into what RuPaul's Drag Race has done because it's such a phenomenal show and they just keep elevating themselves. You know, the rest of the reality competition shows need to meet RuPaul up here because they're still here. No doubt in my mind. There's literally no, no question. No question. Outstanding variety talk series. Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Full Frontal with Samantha Bee. Jimmy Kimmel Live. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I literally hate every single one of these shows. I truly could care less. No, like, I literally hate every single one of these shows. Like, and I've never seen a minute of any of them. I just know that, like, they're not funny. Yeah, no. I hope they all And you know what they're not? They're not outstanding. (laughs) No, not. And what about, like, Watch What Happens Live? I completely agree. I completely agree. What about the morning toast? Like, you know? yeah. I, don't think, I think you have to be on a network. I don't think we would be in this category anyway. Nightly pop. Like, you know what I mean? Nightly to, pop. To me, these are such antiquated shows. Like, Jimmy Kimmel, really? Again? Like, come on. Come on. Outstanding limited series. Little Fires Everywhere. Mrs. America. Unbelievable. Unorthodox. Watchmen. I have to say, Unbelievable was unbelievable. Like, it was... I watched the whole thing on a really long plane ride. It was incredible. And I didn't even know what it was about and like the way all the stories ended up connecting. But Unorthodox was also sensational. I'm going with Unorthodox because I think that the, and I haven't seen everything here, but the way that it was done and the, um, I mean, they the did recreation it. of, you know, the, that community, but also the Yiddish speaking. That's what I was going to say. Um, every facet of it was just unbelievably well done. They literally wrote a show that was... M- That's in, the, like, a dying language. No, it's it's a forgotten language. Yeah. It's dead. I don't think it's dying. Like, it's pretty much dead. I just am being hopeful. <laughs> no, I know. Like, me too. Um, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I think unorthodox as well. 
Also, I just want to say Little Fires Everywhere like is getting some nominations here. I guess people were upset that Reese was snubbed for the nomination. I really thought the show was absolutely nothing of the sort. And and to add to that, I don't think Reese was much of the sort. Like, I honestly agree with her not getting nominated. Yeah, and I just, I think it's, like, it's gotten nominated because it was made. Right. But, you know, but that's not enough of a reason. No, I literally was, like, so on board and excited, and I didn't even finish it. Like, yeah. that's how not good it was. Yeah. Outstanding comedy series, fun category. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Winner. Dead to Me. Also good. The Good Place. Mm. Insecure. The Kaminsky Method. I feel like that show wins every year. Yeah. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel also wins every year. Schitt's Creek and What We Do in the Shadows. Well, this is the first year that I actually have watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as opposed to just like talking shit about it with never having seen a moment of it. So do you agree with all of the accolades it has received? 1,000%. It is a fucking sensational show. Like, really really truly remarkable like the way they've really recreated new york in the i think it's the 50s or something it's unreal some of the jewish tropes are like a little overt for me and border on a little like offensive but it's really really sensational um but the winner here is so clearly curb your enthusiasm like how anyone thinks any of those shows are funnier than curb your enthusiasm like doesn't know comedy yeah i just am also pulling again i'm just a broken record Shit's creek it deserves to win an Emmy. Is it in that category? It's in that category, and it was the last season, and I don't know if they what Emmys they've won in the past, but, like, they deserve to go out on this high. You know what it is? It's and that, I like... also... I can't even speak because I haven't watched the last season yet, and this is, like, awards for the last mm-hmm. season because I'm saving it for, like, a day when I need it, mm-hmm. you know? And I just... I love to have things to look forward to. Me too. Like, do you think they get rich again in the end and then, like, decide to stay in Shit's Creek? Oh, I wonder... I have no idea. That's what I, I think happens. I haven't thought about how it might end. And then they, like, build a mansion on a hill in Shit's Creek. Oh, that's really cute. And, like, give back to the community. Oh, my God. I would love that. Me too. Okay. Wow, I never thought... Now like, I Johnny's wanna... accountant uncovers, like, an offshore account. Yeah. I never thought about how it might end. Yeah. Okay, an outstanding drama series. Better Call Saul, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, Succession. I mean, I only watched The Crown and what was one right after it? Handmaid's Tale. Handma- uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You should not be awarded for terrorizing people and haunting their dreams. Absolutely not. I think it sends a bad message. So I'm going to say The Crown because that's the only one I watch. Yeah, I think The Crown is outstanding. I've tried to walk watch succession now three times and i could not get past the second episode so but i know people love it and that it's so good and i think they had like a really great season so i feel like they might be sweeping but i also think that the mandalorian though i've never watched it and never cared to it brought baby yoda into our lives and that has become such a cultural staple i think the emmys need to consider that when making their decision of course cultural implications should hold value yeah they should and, and baby i hope yoda, that the academy addresses baby, that baby yoda is the ultimate camper Big time. Big time camper. So those are the major categories. Those are the nominations. Those are our thoughts. And what I'm realizing is I do not have any horses in this race. I do not watch award-winning television. Yeah, you know what, though? What's so interesting is I really feel like the Emmys, for a while, were like the lowest... Of the EGOT? On the totem pole. It's just like Emmys. And there really wasn't that much competition. There were a couple like really, really good TV shows, but it wasn't like every category was stacked. And I just feel like so many like major stars have really invested so much in TV. That's due to streaming services. Yeah. Because of the major contracts that they're getting. The the money. The resources that they're putting behind it. It's not just now you have to have a show on. It used to be like the silver screen versus the small screen. But now it's just all one screen. And now when you have like limited series is that's kind of like an... in movie. between a movie and a television show, the lines are really getting blurred, and I agree that 
premium, premium content is coming out via television. With like mega stars. Mega stars. And it's due to what the streaming services can offer them in terms of distribution and a big payday. Paycheck. So I just think it's, honestly, I used to like skip the Emmys, but it's becoming real staple in my year. I think that the Golden Globes are the lowest on the totem pole because they're just like the junior Oscars. And they're both TV. And it's like, if you're on TV, you really want to win the Emmy. Like, you know? Yeah. I guess it's the one that bridges both TV and movies, yes. but and I, I think um, a little music as well. I love a little music. Me too. Okay, next story: some really exciting news that put a smile on my face because we take the positive news that we can get in terms of moving forward. Okay, Real Housewives of New York is set to film an in-person reunion yes. next week. I saw this. Like this is so exciting, obviously for the content, but just for what it means for where we stand in terms of moving forward in this pandemic is fabulosity. Yes, and of course I want to be positive, but like of course it had to happen with like literally the worst cast of New York. Like why not Beverly Hills? Like the season they just filmed it a week ago. Your shit, you're so right. I know. So it's like if they had waited two weeks, I don't know, but LA is still behind me. You have to think every state is so different. LA still and is behind. Andy is in New York. Yes. So I wonder, I'm assuming that factored into the decision. I mean, that's so exciting. And I'm sure they'll limit like hair, makeup. I'm sure not every housewife can have like a million stylists. Like I'm sure it's like two people per housewife. Yeah, or maybe everyone has to show up yes. ready. Oh, that would be a good idea. And like they'll have one on set makeup artist and hair artist to touch up. Yeah. Yeah, there to are go ways over to, the mask lines. Yeah, there are ways to do it. And I feel like, honestly, when I was reading Andy's book, like for so long, the reunions were such a clusterfuck and so much information was getting leaked because there were tons of people in everyone's dressing room. There's 10 housewives, five people in every dressing room. That's already 50 people besides production. So I feel like whatever they end up doing will probably really benefit reunions as a whole because they, they've gone on far too long for being like kind of messy. Like so much information gets leaked before it even comes out. Yeah. That's true. Well, the Real Housewives of New York City will be able to fight each other in person next week instead of duking it out online. The reality show cast will be shooting an in-person reunion on August 5th on Long Island, a source tells Page Six exclusively. Interesting. Bravo boss and Watch What Happens Live instigator Andy Cohen will be in attendance. Sources tell us COVID precautions are still being ironed out for the taping, but they will be following CDC guidelines such as using a limited crew and mandatory face masks. Also, I'm assuming the women will be six feet apart. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Well, them doing it in Long Island. They're not going to wear masks while I don't they're think sitting so. there. If they're six feet apart. Them doing it in Long Island is actually so fascinating because um, they'll probably do it somewhere near the Hamptons. Ramona's in the Hamptons. Elise is in the Hamptons. Andy's in the Hamptons. Leah was in the Hamptons with Elise. Elise is not on the schedule. No, she is not. And I don't believe Tinsley will be flying in from Chicago. I'm cool with both of those things. Very cool. Very cool. As a cucumber. So it'll really be a kind of small cast. It'll be Ramona, Luann, Dorinda, Sonia, Leah. The, yeah. Oh, that's five. Yeah. Well, they have to be six feet apart anyway, so there's a limited amount of space, honestly. Works for me. Works for me. I'm so glad we're moving forward with like in-person reunions because while the Zoom ones have been way better than I expected, and with each one, they're getting a little better. Like the, sh the first one was Atlanta, and it was good, but then with Shaws of Sunset, Vanderpump Rules, and uh, Beverly Hills, like they get better every time, and the cameras are better, the mics are better, but nothing beats being in person. No, nothing beats it. So while I do wish it was another show... I'll this be is okay. good, exciting news. Yeah. Okay, next story. Some more good, exciting news. Oprah Winfrey reveals in a new interview, she reveals a new interview show and is rethinking print future of O Magazine. Oprah announced on Monday that her new show, The Oprah Conversation, will debut exclusively on Apple TV for free at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Also, she'll be refocusing her monthly magazine to a digitally-centric magazine. I mean, Oprah is a maven and, you know, 
working in in publishing is not easy these days and good on oprah for having the foresight you know while under house arrest to you know make the changes necessary for her business yeah i think a digitally centric magazine is a great call and I think an Oprah conversation television show is an amazing call. And I also heard that they were launching a podcast. I mean. And we would welcome Oprah everyone. with open arms. She would be a fabulous podcaster. No, She's that voice. She's like, too fabulous for podcasting, which is why it needs to be on TV. Yeah. But. She's the ultimate podcaster, if you think about it. You know, if I ever got to be as rich as Oprah, I would do exactly what she did. Start a magazine where I'm on the cover every <laughs> week, every month and named after me. Like, can you say genius? Yeah. Genius. This is really exciting. And, uh, hosting news, entertainment news, consumption news. Biz news. And biz news because it's an interesting step in print publication or lack yeah. thereof. Or lack thereof. Spooky. Quite spooky. Was that the last story? No, we have oh. two more stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what were you looking at me like that for? I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay, are you ready for the next story? Am I supposed to say something? Am I missing something? No, you're okay. fine. Okay. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly make it Instagram official, quote, waited an eternity to find you. This makes me so happy. This makes me so happy. I love Megan Kelly. I love Megan Kelly. They are so beautiful. They are so beautiful. And they're hanging out with Lala. And they're hanging out with Lala. Yeah, that's the cherry And they're doing her podcast. We love people who respect podcasts. The couple posed for a black and white mirror selfie, which the rapper uh, shared on his Instagram account on Tuesday. Quote, waited for eternity to find you again, Kelly wrote in the caption. Um, this is just so cute. The picture they posted is so cute. I didn't realize we were ma- waiting for them to make it Instagram official. Me neither, because it was already official in my mind. I've been thinking about it nonstop since I first right. heard about it. It was like paparazzi official. It was podcast official. It was everything official. And um, now I guess it's Instagram official. Yeah. I mean, their love story is one I just love so much. But I think like the most valuable thing we've gotten out of it is that song Bloody Valentine that they did the music video for. I have not been able to stop listening to it. It is so good. Yeah. And now I think I'm like a Machine Gun Kelly like Stan. I mean. Because I'm obviously a Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Kelly fan, fan. Yeah. But it has led me down a road of Machine Gun Kelly's music, which is actually quite fabulous. Yeah. And I, I think we've had this conversation already. We have. Because I'm about to say, I think Ben would like it too. He loves and it. We've had this conversation. Yeah. So that's. Well, we'll leave that. But I'm excited for these two. I'm excited that they're hanging out with Randall and Lala, really. In and my head. And I just in my head. wish eternal love for them. They spoke on the podcast about how when they met each other, they, it was just instantaneous. They knew. They That's were how you twin know. flames. Oh, love to hear it. Love to see it. Something about them, like, gives me real... I feel like, you know how kids today, like, emo Tumblr kids, like, post pictures of, like, Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp when they mm-hmm. were, like, 17, being like mood i literally feel like <laughs> kids in 10 years are going to post pictures whether or not they're together of machine gun kelly and megan kelly like kids who are really into like the emo scene or like the rock scene yeah and it's gonna be like mood yeah this photo that they posted on instagram definitely made their hands on tumblr yesterday 100 percent. like emo tumblr is sobbing yeah i agree that's a very good call you know it's like mm-hmm. and people love to post like early 90s pictures of like brad pitt like and on red carpets like of celebrities who we know but like had totally different looks that were like kind of iconic when they were teenagers you know who else i'm feeling that way about since we reported about them who brooklyn beckham and nicola Peltz. yeah i don't like 
the people who write the captions for E! News like literally can't breathe without talking about Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham like once a week. And honestly, I totally forget about them all the time because I don't follow either of them on Instagram. And like, I don't actually care, but happy for two beautiful people who found each other and who probably never have to work in their lives, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful story. <laughs> Claudia, that's beautiful. Yeah. Make sure to order my story. comedy special, Disgraced Queen, now streaming on many platforms. If you head over to my Instagram account, Girl With No Job, there's a highlight called Disgraced Queen. It has links to all the places you could buy, purchase, stream, rent my comedy special and my comedy album. So if you like listening to podcasts, you can listen to my entire show as an album on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all the places, Amazon Music. So it's fabulous for a long car ride. It's fabulous for a long car ride. Okay, ready for our fifth and final story? I mean, I'm sad, but yeah. It's the sooner you get into Dear Toasters, so which true. makes you so happy. So true. Ed Sheeran is opening up about his, quote, addictive personality. Yes, I heard it about It starts this. getting sad. Ed Sheeran is reflecting on how his addictive personality led to struggles with binge eating and drinking. During an interview for the Hay House Chasing the Present Summit, the Shape of You singer reflected on his unhealthy lifestyle during his ex-world tour in 2015. Quote, for me, it was down to bad diet, drinking, and then not seeing sunlight at all. So I was touring. Oh, and I wasn't exercising. I would stay up and drink all night. The buses would park underneath arenas, and I'd sleep on the bus all day, and then wake up and then come out, do the show, drink, get back on the bus. I didn't see sunlight for like maybe four months. It's all fun and games at the start. It's all rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And then it starts getting just sad. So I think that was probably the lowest that I've been. Yeah. I mean, I don't think like a tour that big is so insane, like the way that you're scheduled out. And I don't think most people can really handle that type of schedule. Um, and especially if you have this type of personality, which I didn't know that Ed Sheeran had, it's obviously not a healthy environment to be in. Yeah. But and this, I feel- this explains why in the past, he's sort of taken long breaks and hiatuses yes. from working, I think probably to recharge because it does become a cycle and artists yeah. talk about it. It's right, album, tour, right, you know. And That's what happened, took down One Direction. Yeah, and so I think it's really important to prioritize taking time for yourself and also enjoying the fruits of your labor. Right, like what's the point in making over a million dollars to show if you're literally just working the next day and you don't have time to enjoy it? Yeah. And I feel like his fiance, girlfriend, wife, I don't know what they wife? are, like partner... I feel like they got married. I feel like they did too. Um, I feel like she's a real stable force in his life and that was like the best thing for him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she might be his girlfriend, but to me, they're just like, they're OTP. You know, I don't question yeah. it. No, I don't need to put a label on it. Me neither. But my absolute favorite picture of them is like them like partying, leaving a club in London at like 1am and she is wearing his sneakers and he's barefoot holding That's her heels. That's so cute. It's That's so love. cute. That's love. And she's just like a regular girl and he's like a regular guy. Like it's, I really like them as a couple. Yeah, he said also that he's reading Elton John's book at the moment and there are so many things that he did that I do. He would be like, I would just go on an ice cream binge and eat four fucking desserts until I threw up. And I was like, oh, I've done that before. And so I feel like that's what we saw in Rocket Man. So yes. that's the story that they tell. So it's easy for us, not easy, but to picture. We, we can imagine what it looks like. And so I'm glad that he's taking the time and, and getting the help that he needs right. along the way. It's clear that he's not just talking about like drugs or alcohol. It's like it's addiction the, to everything. Yeah, and it's just the whole environment yeah. that sets you up. When you have unlimited resources to do and say and get whatever you want, like how do you not get out of control? Right, and just like he said in the beginning, I'm sure it's all fun and games and it's rock and roll and we're drinking and we're partying, but like it goes, it gets really sad fast. Yeah. And the, I think the, the food part I think is one that like I can totally relate to and I just find it interesting that like, that's another layer of success. It's like, again, the gluttonous vibe where like you want to have everything that includes food too. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And that was also like in Rocket Man, the shopping for Elton John. Yes. Which I could relate to as well. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's, that was a great word to use, we, gluttonous. We all have our addictions. We do. Not, uh, not that I do, but. Shopping. No, you do. I think I'm fine. No, I think a, a healthy. A, some I'm, an, I'm addicted to investing. You're oh, right. please. Okay. <laughs> Dear Toasters, everyone, our advice segment. If you ever want to write us in, deartoasters at gmail.com. We appreciate you writing in, and we always keep it anonymous. Like this next girl. Or boy, I don't know. Dear Toasters, first off, thank you for keeping me sane during the queue. I have a weird question about my relationship for you. Here is some backstory. My boyfriend and I have been together for six years. We've broken up three times within that time, but currently we've been together for one and a half years and he lives with me. Here's the juicy part. He has a best friend since middle school, let's call him Joe, and all of us went to college together. Joe and I have always gotten along really well, have similar personalities, interests, etc., and multiple people have made comments about our chemistry over the years. Recently, we went on a group camping trip, sounds like torture, and Joe made a few comments about how he needs to find a girl like me, how I'm marrying the wrong guy, etc. I grew up on a cattle farm and have always pictured myself staying, being a stay-at-home mom, but my boyfriend told me I'll be expected to work when having kids. A little fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> Joe manages a cat. Because it's like, it sounds, it doesn't sound bad until you really think about it. So it's like a little fucking rude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Joe manages a cattle ranch and says he can financially support a wife to stay home. Help, I love my boyfriend and don't even know how this logistically could ever work. But we're talking about a lifelong marriage here. And if our family slash long-term goals don't align, I don't want to be divorced with two kids in five years when Joe has a ranch and seemingly ideal solution waiting. Thank you, my beautiful, stunning, and smart queens. Okay. First of all, I feel like there's two things going on here. Like you might be unhappy in your relationship and then you might have feelings for this other guy. But like, I feel like you like the guy's ranch more than you like him, you no, know? Okay. I have I just, a, Also, I want to be you. I want these to be my choices, like a cattle <laughs> ranch, you know? Okay. I, I feel a lot of ways about this. First of all, like I ship you and Joe, I really do. But the reasons why you would choose him over your existing boyfriend have to be more than like he has a cattle ranch. And like, you wouldn't have to work. Right. Like, and I understand like, maybe there is a connection and everyone sees it and everyone gets it, but there is a very big difference between, you know, flirting with someone when you see them and it's like a fun, exciting, like totally. off limits thing versus being in a relationship with someone. And obviously you're like sick and tired of your boyfriend of six years yeah. and he's old news and Joe and his cattle ranch are looking really good right now. Yeah. I very much endorse you um, breaking up with your boyfriend and going to Joe, Me too. but it has to be for the real deep and right reasons. And more than just the ranch. And more than just the ranch. But I also will say that if you guys are dating and you already don't see your future the same way or in a similar light like those things don't change right and not saying that joe is the answer but this is still a problem right so i think the the thing you have to do is take a look at your own relationship if you guys are you on have to take joe out of the equation right you guys are clearly on two different you know planets on in terms of what you want for your life like you want to be a stay-at-home mom which is a totally valid lifestyle and he doesn't want that so is that a deal breaker for you? That's something you need to think about. Yeah. But take make this decision absent of Joe. Pretend that Joe right. is married and happily off limits. Like just Joe died for a minute, okay? Yeah. What is your decision in regards to Le Boyfriend? You need to make one decision at a time. Jackie, Le Boyfriend. What's that from? Come on. Friends? No. Think about it. You've seen it. It's a movie. Okay. And what about Le Boyfriend? Oh, sounds familiar. Billy Bush. Billy Bush? 
the Billy Bush lookalike in Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I would have absolutely never gotten that. Next up. Oh, really? Because every time he says it, it's so cringy. It sends a chill down my spine. <laughs> Le boyfriend. Just say, where's your boyfriend? Like, we're not in France. We're in New York. Um, hi, Jackie and Claudia. Sorry. Hi, Claudia and Jackie. Okay, putting some respect on my name. I am a true loyal supporter and fan of your show, and I look forward to your beautiful, stunning, and smart selves wow. gracing my ske- screen every day. Thank you. You, just, you know just what to say. I am desperate for some advice from two happily married gals like, she wrote myself, but I think she means yourselves. I truly am at a loss with some of my husband's most recent behaviors. Since being in the queue together in our apartment, I have noticed an increase in my husband. (laughs) I've noticed an increase in my husband picking his nose, (laughs) picking his earwax, biting his finger and toenails. Yes, that does take a lot of flexibility. I will often suggest getting him the proper tools to... to sanitarily do such things such as Q-tip, tissue, nail clipper. I even so much adopted Spa Sunday in the queue so that we can soak him, trim and clean up our nails, and do other necessary tweezing and maintaining these areas together with the proper tools. His barber even waxes his nose and ears when he goes and gets his hair cut. Most recently, I've caught him ta- No. I can't read it. I can't, Jackie. You're going to die. You no, no. You, you cannot read it. Okay. Most recently... I don't just what did he do recently I have caught him (laughs) I have caught him (laughs) tasting his boogers (laughs) (laughs) smelling and tasting his earwax and chewing on his toenails I am skeeved out to no end. I can't believe I catch him doing such a repulsive, disgusting, childish, not to mention unsanitary thing. Mind you, my husband is a polished professional, well-respected attorney, and I'm just appalled that he becomes this not, animal when he's at home. I'm appalled when he becomes this animal when he is at home, and I know anyone else would too. I call him out all the time and refuse to touch, kiss, or give him any affection. I will go so far to remind him when we have children and they see you doing that, they will think it's acceptable, and in no time, our children are going to be the class booger eaters. <laughs> What else can I do to stop him? This is absolutely disgusting, and I don't want him to continue doing this ever, but I don't want to continue nagging and constantly calling him out over and over again. Thank you so, so much. With love, a skeeved out spouse. Wow. Okay. Um, this is problematic. I thought we had a handle on it until you said tasting eating. his earwax. Oh, really? You thought it was fine when he was eating his boogers? You know what? Like, somehow eating boogers has been normalized. What? <laughs> like, that's what kids do. No, it that's what kids what? do. What? <laughs> First time I've heard of someone eating their boogers. I, this is the first time You've I've never heard of someone, someone tasting their boogers over the age of ten. Oh no no no! But like I've never even heard of a nine-year-old tasting eating their, their earwax. earwax. Yeah, that's fucking disgusting. So uh, we've crossed a line here. Like it was already bad, but we're in uncharted territory because I don't even know how you get enough earwax on your <laughs> finger to taste it. Maybe put it on a Q-tip and has it like a lollipop. <laughs> I can't fucking breathe. Honestly, okay. there's only one choice here. Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I mean, this is so, <laughs> so crazy. And I'm sorry, biting his toenails. Like, is he a gymnast? Well, he should quit being an attorney and join the circus. <laughs> He's very talented. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm out of my depth. Yeah, no, no, this is beyond. Like, this is just another level. You have to leave. You like, need to, like, find a medication that would dry up his earwax. You're in danger. You have to go. 
Ben does some weird things. He's going to kill me, but like, you know, I can't even say it. He does some weird things, but like, I've learned to love it and he just has to wash yeah, his hands. Yeah, and like, men are, are more disgusting. Their hands are always in their balls. Yeah, like, it's, but there's a level that we can live with. And this is beyond that level. And I wonder what's, like, if you've had a conversation with him, but... I mean, these are really, really bad habits. They can be broken because, you know, some people bite their nails and then mm-hmm. they learn to, to stop. I mean, I just some know this girl. Some people bite their toenails and this, then they learn to stop. This girl is two weeks away from, like, finding a booger wall behind their bed or, like, a it, collection it, of clippings from his toenails. This like, is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, right. No, no. Like, where is he putting all this excrement? Sometimes he's eating it, but sometimes he's flicking it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Divorce. Is that is my final answer here's what i don't get though sometimes you can't help but bite your nails because it's like a reflex and you don't even realize you're doing mm-hmm. it but the effort that it takes to bite your toenails it's a choice <laughs> it's a choice <laughs> no and you can pick your nails while watching tv or even in a zoom meeting but like if your foot is in your mouth like you can't be doing anything else he literally has his foot in his mouth you know what i would never trust this guy as my attorney like literally he's a danger to society he should be arrested yeah no this is sick <laughs> I'm so sorry. You sound fabulous. And I'm so sorry that you have to be single now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh, man. I was just not expecting to hear that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Final one. Hey, Jackie and Claudia. Longtime toaster here who was so nervous about writing in. I haven't told anyone this, and I think I just need to let it out. I'm one of four children. It's me and my twin brother, who I am very close with, our older sister, who is five years older, and another sister who was younger than us. Because of quarantine, my brother and I are home from college, and my older sister came home from across the country and brought her longtime boyfriend to quarantine with us. Let's call him Pinky. Right around the beginning of quarantine, I went in to sneak into my brother's bedroom at 2 a.m. to get a hoodie. Wait, okay. Can you back up two sentences? Yeah, because... Because I'm about to be shook and I need, the, I need to paint the picture. Okay, so this girl and her twin brother... They're home from college. Home from college. And the older sister and her boyfriend are home from college. Okay. Oh, boyfriend's boyfriend. name is Pinky. Got it. Okay. So she went into her twin brother's bedroom at 2 a.m. to get a hoodie. Okay. When I opened his door, his being her brother, I saw him and Pinky having sex. So her twin brother and her sister's boyfriend having sex. I was in complete shock. I quietly closed the door and did not sleep the rest of the night. I had absolutely no idea my brother was interested in men at all, which is surprising because we are so close and as close as siblings could be. The next night, I stayed up to see if Pinky snuck into my brother's room, and he did. So the next day, I confronted my brother about it. He broke down crying. He says they're in love. I have absolutely no idea what to tell him. Apparently, this isn't his first male relationship either, and... He was too afraid to tell any of us. My parents are very Mormon and would most likely not support him if they knew. He also said Pinky is planning on breaking it off with my sister, but it's been four months and Pinky and my sister are still together. And my mother told me Pinky asked her and my father for permission to propose. I didn't tell my brother that for fear of hurting him. Next week, my sister and Pinky are leaving to go back to their home. I need your help. I don't want to out anyone. If I tell my sister what's been going on, then she'll tell everyone because that's who she is. Do I let my sister marry a cheater or do I ruin my brother? Or do I do nothing? Sincerely, a toaster who just wants to be a good sister (gasps) wow there's so many elements here I mean so many I understand why she hasn't told anyone and how she doesn't know how to navigate it because there are so many different things happening yeah I feel like my instinct would be to protect my twin brother who's obviously in a very vulnerable state being in the closet and in a very religious family that probably wouldn't she said accept him so like whatever steps I took would be ultimately to protect my twin brother I think like, your sister will get her heart broken, but, like, that's pales in comparison to what Pinky could go no, through. Oh, no, not Pinky. You can't let your sister marry him. Of course not. So, I, I think you talk to your brother about talking to the sister about it, them together. And if, he, if, you, if you can get him to do that, 
then that would be great. If you can't, I think that you have to tell your sister that Pinky is cheating on her, but not say with who. Right. And hopefully you guys have a good relationship and she trusts you. Like if you came to me and said that my partner was cheating on me, you cannot tell me like how you know mm-hmm. or who it is, but just. But that, I would believe, like you would have to just believe me. But, but that I would just have to believe you. Like I would believe you. Yes, of course. Also, there's the route of this sister going straight to Pinky and being being like, I know, I refuse to let you marry my sister. I'll blow this whole fucking shit up if you don't break up with her. Yeah. Or tell her. Yeah. But then you run the risk of outing the brother. Right. Which Which we need to protect the brother at all costs. At all costs. And I don't know what the... What the long term, like, what's the goal for the brother? Like, to keep his sexuality hidden from their parents forever? Yeah, or, and also there's the element that he is in love with Pinky. But I just don't trust this Pinky. No, I mean, but Pinky could be in a similar situation as the brother. But what is... Where it's like they're in this Mormon community and they're both gay and he's just doing what he's been told to do, which is find a nice Mormon girl to get married, but he can't deny who he is. yeah. I almost feel bad for Pinky, too. Yeah. It's not so much that he's a cheater. It's that he's living a lie. Yeah, and he doesn't know. And maybe, like, maybe he's going to propose to the sister and just because he thinks that this is what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, the twin sister, the toaster, who found this out, like, man, did she step in some shit. Like, this is just no, no easy way out of this. Someone's going to get hurt. And I think that her priority should be whatever decision you decide to make must prioritize the safety and protection of your brother. Yes, Twin brother. I agree. So I would start with going, seeing if the brother will come to you and talk to your sister. If he won't, talk to your sister alone. Give her limited information. But like... Also, whatever you do, run it by your brother. Yes, of course. He needs to be looped in every step of the way. And then maybe <clears throat> if the circumstances allow for it, there's a meeting between the sister, Pinky, the brother, and the other sister. Everyone who knows. The cards are on the table. They talk about the situation and they deal with it. But also... With the sensitivity of not sharing it with the parents. Because then you also run the risk of the older sister whose boyfriend cheated on her with her brother. Like, that is a betrayal of her being so angry at right. the brother. And then, like, in, in retaliation, telling the parents that the twin brother is gay because she's mad at him. Yeah, she's going to be hurt, too. Right. Hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah, I'm really, this is a I'm really sorry. tough spot to be in. I know, but I think I, and best, now I understand the inclination to not do anything because it's just too complicated. But you have to, and I think that no matter what happens, what the fallout is, if it all blows up, you need to be a good sister to your brother. Like that, I can't stress enough. Like I can't even imagine how traumatizing it is to be gay, hiding it, and with no plan of coming out. Like, and I just think if it all blows up in his face and the family doesn't accept him, like you just have to be a good sister. Like that is the priority. Yeah. I agree. Terrible. But good batch of Dear Toasters today. Yes, very good batch. Justice for the second girl. I will be thinking about her for the rest of the day. <sighs> yeah. Please feel free to share updates on your decisions. <clears throat> Please. Oh, and, and I hope Joe and the girl, even though it's not about Joe. No. But I do ship. I would love to see you in a few years on that ranch, girlfriend. So yeah. make it happen. Yeah. But only after, you know, taking time for yourself, mm-hmm. going through a breakup, not just jumping into decisions because you like the way that they look. For, and their farm. And farm. Um, quickly before we wrap up, I just want to talk about the Shaws of Sunset reunion, which was probably the most contentious reunion I've seen in my time. And Andy went on Radio Andy and said it was like the most vicious place he'd ever been. Like they were saying the absolute nastiest things to each other, most of which they had to cut out. Like it was just so the show. It was almost bad how 
how mean the reunion was because there's no coming back from it. And I feel so torn because forever, Reza and MJ were both of my favorite people. And I I think I'm on Re- MJ's side, like for the most part, partially just because I love her and she comes on the show so much. And I can't imagine her being mean because she's lovely. And partially because most of what Reza is claiming to be upset about her, there's no proof. And it all happened off camera. So it's like what Reza did to MJ is all on camera, saying that horrible thing about abortions on camera, on camera. So it's like, we're supposed to disagree with MJ when like, I, don't, I was so confused at the end. I'm like, I don't even know what we're fighting about anymore. Like, yeah. And they asked everyone to leave except for Reza, MJ, and then had Mike and Andy mediate, which I thought was a great format. But they were just not even listening to each other, screaming, getting up every 10 seconds, leaving, coming back, leaving, coming back. It was, it was like devastating. Like these two people are, ne- like they're never going to be friends again. So you did your poll on Instagram. Who oh, did, let me see what the results were. What it were was the not results? a landslide, but MJ was winning slightly. Now it is, ready? 60% MJ, 40% Reza. Yeah. That's Which tough. is not even like a real landslide. No, but I guess that's, I feel like that reflects how you feel about it. Yeah. And I, I still love Reza, but like, honestly, Adam is just the worst and he's the cause of all of this. And he did admit that. And, and he was like, can you admit that? Like, if you didn't send these text messages, like none of this would have happened. And he was like, yeah, I can. And like the whole cast started clapping because it was like this friendship of 30 years has been deteriorated from your poor decisions. And it's like. I don't even blame Reza so much because he's just doing what he's going to do to protect his family because him and Adam are still married. And even though, is that the person I would have chose for Reza? No. But it is who he chose. And that's that on that. Like, he's just defending his husband and part of me, like, respects him for that. But what he said to MJ towards the end of the season was just so unbelievably not okay. Yeah. It was just, it was like not even a, I didn't get any closure from the reunion. It was just, mm. And everyone, like, piling on MJ, like, Destiny and Gigi. Like, I wasn't here for that at all. No. Like, Gigi just hates MJ, like, 100%. Like, she's hated her forever. And Destiny just wants to be on the show, I think. And she just wants to do what the group is doing so she doesn't become an outcast like MJ is now. I haven't watched her reunion. You're not making me want to. It wasn't fabulous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it's just, like, where do you go from there when, like... Right. Someone has to leave the show. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. The show suffers. Yeah, no, MJ has to be on the show. And what made the show so great for so long was the real familial connection. and and 30 years of friendship. Most people just, the Real Houses of New York, they never see each other. They just get together to film. Like, this was a real group of friends, and the show ruined it. Yeah. I mean, that's what shows do. That's what shows do. Um, Anything else we want to discuss before we wrap it up? No, I think that's all she wrote. If you are RDH that this episode is ending, head to patreon.com slash toast. And check out all the premium content we have there, including our latest episode, our Say Yes to the Dress Viewing Party. Thank you. Oh, I came up with a new. Ooh. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, The Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast on YouTube every day, Monday through Friday. And we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IO Radio, CastBox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us The Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. I'm still working on it, you know. I like that. I like, it I like where it's headed. Wrapping it up do again. You, like, do you want to add the crunch to it? Like, no, okay, no, 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 no. no, no. Crunch. The crunch is special, like for special moments only. Okay, okay. Um, and that's all she wrote. Thank you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow for our final show of the week. We will not be doing a show on Friday. We are taking a small little getaway, a little staycation. Um, so we will. Well, we're actually like leaving the city, so it's not a staycation. But you know, I'm just. we're, we're still, still in New York. We're still in New York. So. Um. So yeah, no show Friday, but we will have a video and podcast episode for you tomorrow, Thursday, for the final episode of the week. Yes. Can't wait. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.